0: Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia Grubarek. And I'm Dr. Katina Sawyer. And welcome to Thriving at Work, a Worker Being podcast.
1: If you want to learn more about us, you can check out our website, workerbeing.com. You can find us on social, or you can join our community and learn more about our research as soon as it comes out. You can find out more details at workerbeing.com community.
0: So today, we are going to be talking about a very scientific-sounding concept which is called chronobiology. I'm going to define a lot of terms for you and uh, help you understand how chronobiology has something to do with your work as well as yours and others' wellness. Um, So that should be exciting. Um, Part of chronobiology is tapping into explaining the popular and actually research-valid concept which I learned through this article of being a morning person or a, or a night person or a night owl. Um, and Mm. so to kick things off, and I think I know the answer to this, but for the value of the people listening, um, to kick things off, I am wondering whether you consider yourself an early bird or a night owl.
1: I actually am curious to think, to know what you think I am before I answer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think you're more of an early bird. See, this
1: is why it's difficult because I think because I used to work um, hours, like basically in a time zone I didn't live in, I was definitely up early all the time. And I was fine being up early all the time. Um, But now that I work Pacific time... I'm not up early at all. Like, I wake up at, like, 8.30 sometimes. Um, Which I know is, like, not late, but it's not early. Um, I feel like I naturally, if I was, like, to just naturally wake up with no alarms or anything, I tend to get up around 8. And I don't feel like that's super early. But I also, I'm like, I'm like a middle bird. I am the middle bird. I don't Hmm. know. I'm the bird that comes out in the middle of the day. I'm an anomaly because I also, like cannot like if if midnight hits especially on a weeknight I am done I like need to be in bed so bad like I sleep 12 to 8 that is like my perfect time of sleeping and I feel like 12 is kind of late so maybe that's more night owl but I my frame of reference is bad because you know Danny like doesn't go to bed till like 3 a.m. and you were you were definitely a night owl
0: yeah I'm definitely a night owl Danny's definitely a night owl um but I think what you're describing is interesting because there is a more rare chronotype of people who are like most alert and alive in the middle of the day. Um, Mm -hmm. and, but that's like less common, uh, but it does happen. So maybe you are a middle bird. Um, so (laughs) perhaps I should have asked the question with, with all three of those things represented. I felt, I knew that you were a morning bird and now I, so that's why I didn't even pose it as an option (laughs) because I've only really known you to get up early, but, um, but yeah, that was so
1: context related. And it's funny because, but like, I, I do fine if I have to wake up that early, you know what I mean? So like, I'm not like terrible if I have to wake up super early and I'm not like terrible if I have to stay up late. So I think I might be a middle bird.
0: Yeah. And I'll talk a little bit more about how to know what type you are more for sure. So maybe as time goes on and we're learning more about the definitions of things, you might like hone your idea of what you are a little bit more. Um, because it's not just about like your natural waking and sleeping times. It's also about when you are able to focus the best, like when you do your best work. Um, so that's, that could also be a different part of the question. Um, So more on that, um, I'm definitely a a night owl um, in case that didn't come across um, in our conversation. That is definitely true. Um, And I feel like I've talked about that before on the podcast as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think uh, what we're basically going to be doing today is talking about these three takeaways that I have, but I think maybe differently from other episodes, it will be helpful after I go through the three takeaways to do a high level overview of what the different words mean that I'm going to be using in um, some of the conversation today, because there is some jargon that I don't think people generally know, but I think is really interesting to learn and understand more about. Um, Okay. So, so yeah, so the article that I'm breaking down today is a review of, The idea of circadian leadership, which is how your ability to work together with others and to perform tasks fluctuates over the course of a day, depending upon your chronobiology. And the three takeaways that I want people to think about for today, and I'll break them down, is that your capacity to lead, both from a task-based and a relation-based perspective, fluctuates throughout the day, and this is as a function of your chronotype. So that's the first, is that you are differently leading over the course of the day, depending upon your chronotype. The second is that when leaders and followers have different chronotypes, or even when different team members have different chronotypes, they can experience problems or conflicts in the way they get work done. And then the last is that workplaces should find ways to better reflect that people have varied chronotypes at work if they want people's well-being and ultimately their productivity to increase in the workplace. So this is actually something we should think more about um, when planning how we work at work. So those are the three takeaways. Um, And as I mentioned, I'm gonna just give a little bit of information about what the terms are that I'm gonna be using if that's helpful. So does that sound like it would be useful?
1: Definitely. I think let's define a way. Let's look at the definitions.
0: Okay, awesome. So everyone has a circadian clock. And the circadian clock is basically an internal pacemaker that governs the extent to which you experience circadian rhythms. So it controls your circadian rhythm as a person. And your circadian rhythms are fluctuations that happen over the course of each day that are pretty stable. So your circadian rhythm doesn't tend to fluctuate that much in terms of each day looks pretty similar for each person in terms of what their rhythm is. And the rhythms that you go through and these circadian rhythms have to do with like things that actually activate whether or not you are more awake or more Asleep, And it has to do with your temperature and how much melatonin you're secreting. Um, And it's not the same as just like, oh, I've been awake for a while, so I'm going to be sleepy now. It actually is a combination of biological factors that come together to predict what your rhythm is, mostly on average, each day. And the idea is that, yeah. And so the idea is that, What it's regulating using temperature and melatonin and all these things is one force that your body has to stay awake, that's called your circadian drive, and one force that your body has to go to sleep, which is called a homeostatic drive. And those two drives kind of battle it out over the course of the day um, in accordance with whatever your rhythm is to produce at the end how activated you are. So how likely it is that you're able to actually be focused and paying attention at work. And so different people are more activated at different times of day than other people because they have different rhythms. So you could at the same exact time as someone else in the workplace be experiencing tons of drive, um, which is high activation and really low sleepiness. So you could be super focused at the same time that someone else is experiencing really high sleepiness and low drive. So they could really be in a state where they're not able to focus as well. Um, And the extent to which you are activated at different times of day is called your chronotype. And because people's chronotypes vary, teams have chronotype diversity. So in any team that you're sitting Mm -hmm. on, the likelihood that you have the same exact chronotype as everybody else is very low. So Mm -hmm. the, the situation that I described where some people are really activated and others are more sleepy is basically a normal work day. The most common types are morning and evening types of chronotypes, but there are these other folks that are more alert in the middle of the day, more rare, but um, they exist. And it's important to note that while all this diversity exists in terms of people's natural circadian rhythms and their chronotype, the workplace really caters towards morning types Mm -hmm. and people don't really realize or think about the fact that when they feel like let's go, let's get this done. It's time to go into go mode that there could be other people around them who would feel that way later, but might not feel that way now or vice versa.
1: It's so interesting because there's a lot of, I feel like in the space that we're in and also like just in my job, I feel like I keep hearing or like seeing research and things and people talking about um, like flexibility in the workplace that is not just location-based, but temporal, right? So like when you work and having flexibility to kind of make those decisions and not having set schedules. And obviously this is very specific to like knowledge workers, right? But um having that flexibility to kind of define your day. And I feel like that un- probably not even realizing it, but plays into this specific concept that you're describing because if people are able to kind of work when they have the energy to work, then they would, you know, theoretically be working along the lines of their chronobiology.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the article talked about how remote and flexible work have helped people to really be able to play more or less into their chronobiology, but that there are still expectations in workplaces, even virtually, that there are set working hours that really lean more towards morning type. And there's like a lack of understanding that other people may not be feeling activated at the same time that you are. So there's disconnects or an opportunity to think harder about how to create work environments where you actually recognize and adjust for people's chronotypes, as opposed to a leader kind of expecting that people will follow their chronotype, if that makes sense. Yeah, That
1: doesn't make a lot of sense. I do think it's something that needs to be discussed and like even just acknowledging it, like if leaders know this exists, then maybe they'll respond a little differently to people's fluctuation in their work hours. So that's that's super interesting. Are you going to tell us how you define those three different types?
0: Yeah. So really, the three different types are not um, anything really more complicated Then people who feel more active during the morning hours and their activeness slowly wanes over the course of the day. People who feel less active during morning hours and their activeness gets higher over the course of the day and then hits a peak. And then it's, there aren't many people who like will be like, Oh, I do my best work at 2am or something. Um, It's more like, Oh, I get more active in the like later evening and then, you know, by bedtime or whatever, whether that's like midnight or 1am, you're starting to wind back down. But like your most active time would be later on in the day or people who are a little sleepier, get really active in the middle of the day and sort of peak and then trail off towards the end of the day. Um, so those are kind of the three types. Um, but something that I think is interesting that they discussed here is that your type and what I mean by like more focused and better able to relate to others at work. When I'm saying that you're active, there are specific things that are happening that are better during those active times that actually have a big impact on not just how you work, but also how you treat other people at work. Hmm. So um, when you're in your more active time, so whether that's in the morning, the middle of the day, the evening, Um, So with regard to this first takeaway, like this is fluctuating over the course of the day. The things that are are fluctuating are things like your ability to pay attention to things for a long time, your ability to remember things. So like trying Mm -hmm. to uh, like your working memory, how well you remember something someone just said or an email that you got a little while ago when you're having a conversation with someone else. Um, and your executive function, which sort of is able to filter out noise in your environment and figure out what's important, all fluctuate according to your chronobiology. Um, And because all of those things have something to do with regulating your emotions as well, so your ability to like filter out noise and not focus on negative things, let's say, and try to be able to like practice some control over like, I know something's stressing me, but I really need to focus on this right now. Or your ability to like attend to other people's feelings or needs um, in the moment and have the energy to do that. That all has to do with the extent to which you're able to regulate your emotions and be in tune with other people's emotions. So you can have more positive social relationships when you're in this state as well. So it affects the way your brain is working, which affects the way that you interact with other people, which ultimately means that you'll have more positive relationships with people when you're in your flow as opposed to when you're not. So, okay, that's
1: interesting. So it impacts not only how you feel, but basically how other people are going to feel because of the way you're treating them.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, you're better able to form positive bonds with people when you're in your active time. Um and so that is something to think about because it has an impact on people's well-being and the extent to which they feel like they experience satisfying relationships in the workplace. If they think that the person that they're interacting with is actually able to pay attention to what they're saying and be empathetic towards their their emotions and um you know notice if they're stressed for example and you could be more likely to provide support or help because you have the extra attentional and like task-related resources to do that. So you're a better person to others when you're in that state and you're also better able to tackle your work projects. So um, there are times during the day where you're a better friend to your colleagues than others and there are times <laughs> during, a, d- during the day where you're better able to get really focused stuff done. Um, so that's sort of the first takeaway is that you're not uniformly good at these things over the course of the day. It does fluctuate and change. I think we think about performance more statically usually, like is this person a good performer or not? And you're not going to vary wildly over the course of the day. If you're a good performer, you're still going to be a good performer. But I think we don't think a lot about how even a good performer could have ups and downs over the course of the day, depending upon um, their biology.
1: So you might get to this, this might be a tangent, but do they talk about how you can figure out what you really are? Because like you're saying the work environment right now is skewed towards morning and people have to adjust to the schedule. Like the fact that you said that you thought I was an early bird, right? Um, Because I had to adjust to like really early mornings working with people on the East coast. Um, But how do you really define what you are if you've, you know, shifted schedules to make it work for whatever you have to make it work for.
0: Yeah, they didn't actually get too much into how people can individually determine what their chronobiology is and what their chronotype is. What their advice was, was that everybody give it some more thought. So really thinking about like, just like you just thought about like, well, I've adjusted my schedule to... Being this way, but is that really the way I work best? If I was left to my own devices, would I structure my day that way? And when do I feel the most energized during the work day? So, they basically suggested that you encourage people to really think about this and come back to you with an un- with an idea of what they think their best working times are, so that while you can never make a perfect schedule where everyone's always. Um, you know, working on focus things or relationship building things at times when your chronotypes might overlap or you pair people in ways that they work together or they pair themselves in ways that they work together um, so that they're feeding into that as much as they can. You'll never make it perfect, but I think what their advice in the article is is people really don't even think about it right now. So even giving your employees the opportunity to say, well, when do you think you work best and are there ways we could better adjust our work time to play into that um, could be useful. So that is kind of what they suggest.
1: That makes sense. I'm totally gonna be like digging into like chronotype research from, yeah. like <laughs> after we off this call, because I, well, this is like, again, tangent, but I don't feel like I fit into either bucket or even the middle bucket because I feel like I have a slump at like two, but I feel like I get a lot of stuff done and I feel like really focused between like 10 and one. 9 30 and like 12 30 and then probably again feeling good and more folk and able to focus like at four or five yeah um going into the evening so there's like this like chunk in the middle of the day where I'm like I can't I can't do it um so I don't know anyways to yeah end, but I'm they did mention
0: it. that that understanding what your pattern is um can help you to at least they're they're not suggesting this like idealistic. Thing that you're going to be able to work always at your peak time and pair people together in a way that they're always going to be working people who are also at their peak and whatnot. But uh, sort of thinking about it as saying, okay, who on our team is a morning type person? Who's a midday type person? Who's a later type person? And so maybe if I am the manager and I say, you know, I want um, these really complex analyses that a person has to produce I want that every day by midday, but the person's not a morning person. Could you say I actually need it by the end of the day going into the next morning or whatever? So like thinking about when you're asking people to do really focused stuff, that it doesn't always align with when you would do it, but when that might best play into what they would do. Um, And then they also were mentioning that if you know, there are like four morning types and four evening types on the team, let's say, that you might say, okay, well, you know, there's a project that's going to that we're going to be working with a client in a different time zone that requires certain people to be working later. Maybe we ask the people who are late type folks whether or not they'd like that client first as opposed to the morning folks and vice versa. So just thinking about even just taking into consideration a little more than you are now might help to play into people's peak times better.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a really good way to look at it, right? Like you're not going to get it perfect, but just individualizing as much as possible, I think is going to be helpful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the the main takeaway is that it does vary according to chronotype. I think a second thing to take into account, which we're kind of leading into now is that people who have different chronotypes may experience problems because they misunderstand why a person's not on the same page that they're on. So (laughs) I was thinking about my dad during this because uh, they mentioned that there are stereotypes in society about if you're not up early working you're seen as less productive or less conscientious yep. even if you're getting the same amount of work done people like to see that you're like up early and doing whatever and there's like some like merit or value in society added to that and so they were basically suggesting that particularly the research shows that morning people judge non-morning people harshly. <laughs> and that people who are not morning people don't really judge as much anybody's chronotype, but particularly there's research that shows that people who are high morning chronotype tend to think that people who are not morning chronotype are lazy. And I was thinking about my dad because he's always like got to get up early, got to start your day early get your stuff done and he like prides himself even when we're home like visiting he'll get up earlier than he usually does just to be like I get up early like it's like a thing right um and so I feel like um what they were basically saying is that because of some of these stereotypes and also just general misunderstandings like why is this person not on point during our 8 a.m meeting like I'm active and alert and I feel like they're always off I might think of that as, oh, well, they're not interested or they're not good. Whereas if we had the meeting later at night, a manager might be thinking, like, you know, a 4 p.m. meeting and they're really on and the other person's super tired and yawning, they might be like, well, what's with this person? I'm I'm feeling great. Why is this person not feeling great? So in any in any interaction where one person's really active and the other person's more sleepy, whoever's more active is going to be feeling like the other person might just be not interested or not doing their job. But it's particularly true for the morning chronotypes judging people. So they basically wanted to put the warning out that um, it can cause problems and misunderstandings for leaders and followers about whether or not the person's actually interested or motivated. And it may not be that. It may just be that your schedules are really misaligned from when you're on and from when they're on and having that conversation can actually help sort some of that out
1: yeah that's so interesting because I think it's you know it's not like (laughs) I'm assuming it's not inherent to a morning person to judge this I think it's the like you said like there's a societal like value placed on people that wake up early and like get things done first thing in the morning for whatever reason that's like something that's probably tied with like work ethics and blah 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 um so I feel like it's almost like well you are somehow like it's (laughs) it's gonna get like way too deep here or like way too tangential to this but like when you think about like merit right yeah think about people and merit like people that do really well and they feel like they earned everything, but they don't always recognize their privilege because they are now in a position where like they did work hard to get there. And so therefore look at me, like I did all this work and I, forg- I don't, I don't want to think about the privilege that I had to get here because that kind of takes away from the great thing about me. And I feel like it's something similar. Like there's value added to morning people and just the way that our society is structured. And so then you don't want to think about it as if it's like, I'm just naturally a morning person. Some people aren't naturally that. It's almost like you just, you're like, well, I do this. I wake up early. I make myself do these things. And then you kind of ascribe it to your personal value in a way that, um, you know, can make you feel like really satisfied, excited about like what you do. And that I think can lead to that judgment because you're not, again, it's not like you don't realize the other person is naturally the opposite of you. yeah, And so you're just like, well, why, you know, like they're not, they just don't work as hard because I'm like up at 6am doing this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is basically what they were saying too, is that, you know, there's this, this like positive, conscientiousness-based stereotype that really good performers who are very motivated and highly conscientious will be up in the morning and they're going to get stuff done and they're going to be at their desk by, you know, 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. and they're going to be throwing themselves into work. And, like, that's, like, a harmful stereotype because actually that could be forcing people to be trying to do stuff at a time when it's not aligning with when they're activated. And so they're doing crappier work than they would be doing otherwise because they're shifting their schedule in a way that actually doesn't work with their biology. So you could actually get better work out of somebody by not having that expectation. Um, And you could form better work relationships across the team by not having that expectation because that person might get crabby um, because they're constantly out of alignment with what their biology is. Um, So that moves me into the last piece, which we have been talking about, but it's around that workplaces and what they're sort of calling people to do is that workplaces should think of ways to create more chronotype awareness. Um, And they were talking about how for high level leaders in particular, if they have really demanding tasks or relationally oriented things, like if they're in mentoring relationships um, that they should try to think about or plan or work on those tasks, or at least write down things that they want to do. So like, if they're really able to be in tune with someone's emotions or think about other people's perspectives better at a certain time, and they have a mentoring meeting with someone that's in the afternoon because that person's better at meeting in the afternoon, at least they could write down notes or plan for the meeting during the period of time where they're really alert and able to think about the other person's perspective. So, like, What questions do I want to ask this person? Or what do I think the agenda should be? That they're sort of engaging in these tasks um, when they're most activated. And they also talked about that you should try to coordinate work activities across different people with different chronotypes to the extent that you can, like we talked about before. So um, if you just understand whether someone's a morning or evening or mid-range person, then you can prevent providing someone with a schedule that totally misaligns or giving them work where they're going to have to work super early all the time or super late all the time. And that totally goes against their chronotype. You might be able to better assign work in a way that works with people's natural um, fluctuations. And the last piece is that leaders and followers should talk about their chronotype, not feel guilty about what their chronotype is if it's not a morning chronotype, and find ways where they could actually create overlaps. So like, let's say you don't even realize that both you and your manager are really, really Uh, aligned in being morning people but you've for whatever reason pushed a really important set of meetings to the late afternoon and at that time neither of you are really on it would be really great to move those earlier mentoring meetings or task related meetings whatever they are so that you're actually playing into what your chronotype is and not just sort of like picking a time randomly if that makes sense
1: yeah I think that makes a lot of sense and I think just like we were saying earlier having the conversation can help so many things like even just understanding, you know, when should you be meeting is one thing, but like evaluating people's performance, um, scheduling, like not just meetings, but also like if you have to travel for work, like any of that kind of stuff, working with other, um, time zones, how can you make this work if people are on very different, um, time zones with very different chronotypes, like how does that play in? Like, I think just having these conversations can like start people, down a path where they're working more effectively or at least understanding when someone is yawning and you don't feel like that they should be yawning because you're yeah. for no reason.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think that's kind of what they were trying to say here is that, look, this is complicated. If you're managing 10 or 12 people and you have three different chronotypes represented and you're trying to ma- make this work as best as possible – you're never going to come up with a perfect equation for this. So they weren't trying to say like overly idealistically that managers are going to be doing this. What they were saying is that at least where you can making these adjustments will be better than not. And recognizing this diversity could open conversations where people on the team themselves start talking about their chronotype and planning work, using that as a guiding principle that they hadn't been using before So that they feel comfortable saying, Well, you know, I'm a morning person, I do my best uh, work in the morning. So if this is something where you really want me to be leading the charge, I think we should maybe gear towards making it towards the morning versus not. If it's something where I'm a contributing team member, but I'm not leading the project, maybe we go towards the chronotype of the person who is leading the project or has more responsibility. But they're basically making the case that there's no conversation about this happening right now in workplaces, that there's some stigma surrounding chronotypes that aren't mourning. And if we could get rid of the stigma and have more of these conversations, that we could lean a little bit more into what people's biology is actually helping or hindering them from doing. And that could make greater well-being in workplaces because people will feel better bodily about what they're doing. They'll have better relationships with one another and they'll be more productive, which can also make people feel happier.
1: I love it. This is so interesting. I'm so glad you brought this topic to us because like I'm already going to dive in, like I said, into more of these chronotypes and understand it a little bit better. Um, But I think it's a great thing for people to discuss, start bringing to their teams and figure out how to work together more effectively. I mean, everyone wants to thrive and do what they can and be the best that they can. And so if there's a way for you to shift things around your schedule to accommodate, I think it'd be a win-win for both the individual employee, their leader, and of course, the organization too. So this is super interesting. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's a great thing for everyone to consider and think about.
0: Yeah. I'm happy that you enjoyed it. I thought it was really interesting too. And hope everyone out there listening is thinking about their own chronotype and asks some other people what their chronotypes are on the team and starts using it as information to make your workplace better. Thank you so much, Katina. And for all of you listeners, we'd love to hear from you. If you
1: have any questions, thoughts, want to talk about your chronotype with us, you can email us at contact@workerbeing.com You can find us on our website, on social media, and of course, join our community at workerbeing.com slash community. Thanks for listening. Thriving at Work is hosted by us. Dr. Patricia Grabarek and Dr. Katina Sawyer and produced by Allie Johnson.